Welcome to It's a Sign, a podcast created to explore the unseen world of magic, symbols, spirit and emotion. Listen as we navigate the path to a deeper understanding of the inner worlds, how this can greatly inspire our everyday life and what tools we can use to help us along the way. Our intention with this podcast is to be the sign you needed to begin your own exploration within, to heal, inner stand and reveal the magic that surrounds you. Please take from this episode what resonates with your heart. I'm Helki. And I'm Trey. And remember to keep kindling that spark of magic you all have within you. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. We kind of took a summer break, an unplanned summer break. (laughs) We did go away for a week, which... We only, that's all the time we planned on taking off. We went away like for a couple of days. A couple of days. The week before. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it turned into what? It's been probably a month since we've done a podcast episode. Well, we went away, then we had a podcast episode, and then we went away again. Oh, okay. So it's not been that long. And then it's been about a month. Yeah. So this, so this is around the four week mark, but... We ended up, you know, going to this beautiful island uh, in the south of France and um, staying on a boat. It was really fun. Yeah, it was great. And we will be soon doing a ocean episode. So look forward to that because that was kind of inspired by that trip for me anyway. Um, yeah, so yeah, but then when we came back... Um, Helki's parents were in town, yeah. and so that weekend all, we were with them, so we didn't have time to record anything. And then this come, you know, last week, this last Saturday, we kind of got caught up in the rainy day feels, and we just mm-hmm. did not have the motivation and inspiration. And we always want to, you know, be motivated for this podcast, so. We are finally back after our summer break, our unofficial summer break, and we decided to jump into the deep end this week with top-level conspiracy theories. Yeah, real um, deep diving into the conspiracy realm, which I think is always good to be open to and, and looking out for different theories on on things in our in our world, our planet, our realm. And, um, you know, there can always be some truth to this, but just take what inspires you and what, um, you know, resonates for you with this information. And maybe you'll want to go further in, deeper, deeper diving on this stuff than even we have. Yeah. One of the things I learned is that we should be questioning everything we've been told Even if we go down some crazy rabbit hole that leads us through theories that make no sense, you know, if we can at least hold the open possibility that they might exist, it offers, you know, a new dimension to our world. And we may eventually return back, oh, okay, so what I was told was true from the beginning. Or we might discover a whole, you know, secret um, labyrinth of other knowledge and other things that um, really deviates from what we've been taught in school or through societal paradigms or through, you know, parental guidance and stuff like that. 
So yeah, really one of the main things on this podcast is that we're just like diving into, you know, fun topics that we, that kind of strike our excitement and we're just throwing these things out into the open for questioning, so. And often like these sort of theories, the one that's, the ones that interest us anyway, they have like a lot to do with, you know, consciousness and um, like the power of that all leads back to your spiritual path and the inner realms. So a lot of these theories are very much connected with that sort of stuff. So I think it ties in great with our podcast. Yeah. And we're, we're basically, we want, we're kind of down the road that we just want, you know, the best for humanity. We just want everyone to wake up and have their minds open um, to potential and, so, you know, some of the our concepts and the topics we explore are also kind of, you know, tackling some of the, you know, larger power structures that be, you know, kind of things that seek to keep us in the dark, you know, to obfuscate yeah. certain knowledges. and Dominate our belief systems. Yeah. So today we're going into CERN. It is a huge conspiracy theorist topic. It's also a real, an actual real thing as well. Definitely, so. <laughs> yeah. It's like very real. Very real. And speaking of huge conspiracies, CERN is the largest scientific conglomeration in the entire world. So CERN is a big player right now in our kind of global system. They're not just, you know, we, we know about the Hadron Collider um in switzerland i believe um but you know they they're doing a lot more than that and they are they have thousands and thousands and thousands of top physicists and they really you know it's also the biggest most expensive scientific project in history Mm. you know and money like that doesn't come from nowhere it doesn't come from government funding it doesn't come from kickstarters or you know public sponsoring these whoa (laughs) what the hell a swallow just actually flew into the room (laughs) flew into a room directly at our faces and then turned around (laughs) sorry about that if that burst your if you're listening on headphones we deeply apologize what we we could not have foreseen that wow. happening. Yes, a freaking swallow just <laughs> flew into the room as we we're talking about CERN. Um, but like on CERN, like how do you feel about the fact that now we live much closer to CERN <laughs> with it being on the southern border of France? Well, honestly, from what I've heard, if things start to go wrong with CERN, it has really not much to do with how close we are it could affect the oh, entire well, world yeah. in a matter of moments um that's kind of some of the dangers of what's going on in yeah. cern and i'm kind of going to list all these dangers um at the end and these are you know these theories of possible scenarios that happen from CERN's testing at the Hadron Collider, the Large Hadron Collider. Um, they're not just theories thought up by people, they're actually mathematical theories done by physicists and 
real people who actually have concerns who are in the field of science as well, you know, so they're not just um, abstract concept by laymen like us who don't really have any knowledge of those things. Mm. Um, they're really kind of more scientific. So they're real based on, you know, mathematical and scientific understanding. So let's get into it, shall we? Um, what do you know about CERN? So, you know, just like as a company, just... And like the things that I know about CERN is obviously that on the border of France and Switzerland, that they are a big science like project who are trying to recreate the black hole, which is terrifying in itself. Mm. Well, the, and... I mean, the public statement is that they're, you know, testing... Um, they want to discover like the subatomic world so they want to see find the secrets of the subatomic world which is the building blocks of the atom and the things tinier than that things that we can't see and can only really see by you know colliding particles at really extremely high rates so that's the kind of public statement is that they want to scientifically understand the makings of our universe. Yeah. Well, I don't know a lot about it. I just know that that, that I thought that they were trying to recreate a black hole and that mm. also they have a statue of Sheba the Destroyer outside their building. Mm. Um, which all right, is, all right, don't give too much okay, away. Okay, well, you wanted to know <laughs> what do I know. <laughs> yeah, no, this no. is Trey's subject, so he's done all his research. But, yeah, so that's all I know. It's literally... Mm -hmm those two things those three things okay well we'll definitely unpack those things so i guess they're a little teaser for you <laughs> you would learn your lesson not to ask me what i know <laughs> all right so on the 10th of september 2008 the largest most complex and expensive machine turned on the large hadron collider which is a 17 mile ring of superconducting electric magnets buried 300 feet into the ground. It is chilled to temperatures colder than the void of outer space and generating a magnetic field more than a hundred thousand times the Earth's magnetic field. Oh. That's crazy. Yeah. hundred thousand times more than a planet. How did that, like turning that on, not affect stuff? <laughs> Oh, it does. Okay. So I'll show you a couple photos in a second. So the machine accelerates proton particles, proton particle beams to a velocity just under the speed of light and then smashes them together in these particle detector chambers in order to break apart the nuclei and unleash the subatomic sub secrets of matter. Um, so... At full power, the Large Hadron Collider produces roughly 600 million collisions per second, um, creating these fleeting, minuscule atomic explosions that are up to a million times hotter than the interior of the sun. What the hell? Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Um, and so, you know, all this data is collected and processed by the LH, you know, the Large Hadron Collider computing grid which was um, built uh, on the basis of the World Wide Web, which 
the World Wide Web was actually invented at CERN in 1989. So big, big stuff there. And so, so basically it's a research center, as they claim. But just, I want to show you a couple of photos before we dive deeper. Um, and these will be available on our post about this episode on Instagram. And I'm just going to show you here. These are some of the photos above the Hadron Collider when it's turned on. Oh. So they have these like vortexes of electrical storms that start surging in the air above CERN. And it, you can see from this photo that it's only above the ring and nowhere else in the sky. Mm. So when this thing is powered on, it's creating these crazy weather anomalies. And here is another one, oh. which literally looks like, you know, the spiraling arms of the Milky Way galaxy, yeah. you know, and at the center of the Milky Way galaxy is a black hole. Mm. And at the center there, it looks like there's something swirling around it. And people who have taken videos here also spotted this object moving through the air. And there's people thinking that maybe it was a UFO. Mm. Like, what is this object doing there? So yeah, these are just some of the crazy photos that you know we saw at CERN. So when you when it is turned on, there are some you know it is affecting the weather even um, even though they say it's all contained you know within their machine. But God, we you know we haven't we learned from like nuclear power plants and leakages that you know our inventions. When you really look at them, you know, they're just all these bolts of metal and things strung together. It's like, how can we place our trust in these things when such huge, you know, reactions are taking place? Like, like, you know, hotter than the interior of the sun and creating these collisions that are just and, you know, producing an electromagnetic field that's so much larger than, you know, even the Earth. It's, you know, it's crazy. So, yeah, so kind of what led to CERN's development was basically it was after the devastations of the bombs, the nuclear, bo the atomic bombs over Japan at the end of World War II. And after this, humanity was kind of thrust into a timeline, like an atomic age where scientists were like really starting to discover this. And if we think about all the money it's really in private military groups is where all the money is going. Um, so we're trying to think, okay, who's funding CERN, right? Mm. And what elites, what money is funding CERN? And what are the potentials of the technology that CERN is producing? Um, so basically, you know, what, what this theory is, you know, this conspiracy is kind of around CERN is that it is funded by military power trying to harness the might of the atom and unravel the very fabric of physical reality at a subatomic level. Um, and considering CERN is the largest consortium of science in the world, you know, they're, like we said before, a huge player in this kind of big cosmic game we're going through right now. And when we think of all these elite major groups, they always have more kind of darker, nefarious um, things in mind. And, you know, 
in a beautiful, perfect world, the greatest accomplishment of science would be, you know, to produce something of good towards humanity and, you know, producing inventions that brought peace and prosperity, you know, to the world. But in the world we actually live in, the greatest accomplishments of modern science are often facilitated and funded by men who have anything but goodwill and peace on their minds, as we have seen over and over again. Um, most of the time, these giant projects are funded for, you know, power, for greed, for military, for might, you know, for all these kind of things that have all the wrong reasons and aren't really benefiting us. As we explored in our previous episode of Free Energy, which was a great episode if you want to check that out, we, can, we talked about how energy and inventions that are actually beneficial to humankind are being suppressed in the light of like oil industry and atomic energy. So when we talk about CERN, I just kind of want to have the disclaimer that, you know, most of the scientists working at CERN probably will not be aware of the true intentions of what's going on, you know, who's funding them, why are they doing this? You know, they're just people, scientists who are, you know, who have been told that we're, you know, they're trying to uncover the secrets of reality and secrets of the universe. And that's a cool thing. That's, that would be a beautiful thing to be a part of as a scientist, you know? Um, so, you know, but there is this religious mentality around science, you know, and this this reach for discovery can also really pull man and woman and humanity out of their hearts you know we see with animal testing and things like that it's like really cruel all in the names of like science Mm. and discovery and so you can see from you know this mentality of scientific study that sometimes we can get pulled into this naivety that you know the primary reason just because it's for the greater good of mankind then then we can justify it um but yeah so let's get into some of the conspiracies around cern so the main theory we will be talking about today is that cern is trying to open up a gateway through matter open up a gateway into something that has many different names. It could be called the Etenmaki, the Baba Alu, the Absu, and they're all names for the underworld or hell. So this is the main theory and it's kind of out there, but let's just keep listening and I'll kind of break it down. So I'm not sure if they're specifically opening up a gateway to hell, but they are moving in a similar direction in terms of opening up something. And as we'll discover, we even have quotes from some of the high up people at CERN that are a little worrying. So some of the more, I guess, well, insubstantial evidence around CERN's, this conspiracy is that CERN is an abbreviated title for the old Celtic god Cernunos, and his name, he, his name when it's translated means the horned one, and he is the god of death and rebirth. 
and the Lord of the Underworld. Um, you know, we have similar imagery with Lucifer and, Hades. you know, Hades, Satan, you know, like with the horns and all of that. So, you know, there's always that kind of imagery in the Lord of the Underworld. And, you know, it's kind of an out there topic to relate, you know, CERN, the acronym to the god Cernunos. But when you pair it with the fact that they continue to evoke symbols of death and rebirth, then you start to question a little. Because they placed the statue of Shiva, as um, Helki said earlier, in the courtyard of their main facility. And Shiva is the god and deity of death and transformation, death and rebirth. And they're... You know, in his myth, in one of his mythologies, he actually destroyed the world in order to start it anew, mm. to make a better world from the ashes. And, you know, I mean, maybe that was a good thing, but who knows? In the statue, he is depicted in a very specific form. And this is called Nataraja, the Nataraja form, which is the dancing Shiva, and this is in his cosmic dance of creation. And there's a lot of symbology in even the way his hands are placed um, that you can dive into, but basically the cosmic dance of Nataraja represents creation, destruction, preservation, salvation, and illusion. But Shiva is also one of three main deities, like kind of the high tier deities and that's with um, Vishnu, Brahman and Shiva and Vishnu represents creation, Brahman preservation and Shiva destruction. So he is the destroyer and the transformer of our universe and what is strange is okay okay they have a statue of Shiva who you know maybe a lot of other companies have weird statues on their property. No, no, like it, it is suspicious. Like it's not like it's a Indian company or Hindu company. Yeah. And also, like you say, like why wouldn't it be of um, Brahman, the creator? You know. Yeah. Why is it or Vishnu, the preserver? Like yeah. it's literally of um, the state of creation where you're creating destruction, mm. you know, which is exactly the vibe I get from CERN. Yeah. And so, okay, you're like, okay, that's one, that's one sign. Um, but what else you got? So they funded a huge dance opera within their facility. So there's footage, you know, outside of CERN in the CERN grounds, but also within the Hadron Collider. And it's called Symmetry. Mm. And it's a collaborative project funded by CERN. And I'm going to play some of the video now, which will also be on our post on Instagram. And you can see and analyze some of the imagery they're using for yourself.
strange. It was, yeah. What? It was, I'm just, how would you describe that for the audio listeners? Okay, so there's this kind of interpretive dance, very cosmic, kind of they're depicting like swirls of the universe movement. But the main thing that caught my attention, and this is just in the trailer, that they have these monitors with all this like cosmic imagery on the monitors. And on it, it says collision failed. <laughs> like why? <laughs> okay, so you guys are this giant super conductive research center and in your trailer for this big movement, you show your collision failing. And in that failure, there's all these error messages, these this dark rumbling, yeah. and these like sh the shaking, and then it leads to this void, this silent black void, which looks like a black hole, mm. and it's like, and that's how it ends the trailer in this black darkness. Yeah, it's really. Where there was all this creation and light in the very beginning, and then at the end, it's just darkness and void hmm. and those naked people they look like they were getting like sucked down a drain yeah they're like all their limbs were intertwined and they were like getting like sucked into something so again another strange occult message hidden in this video and like why are they even doing stuff like yeah that? like it's just ridiculous you know it really like, and I, it gives more sort of like power to the whole idea of like the elites being behind a lot of occult and practices and stuff, you know, especially like certain. It's like, what like business do they have like making some arty, freaking weird, <laughs> demonic vibe like opera like that? Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, just get on with the science, like yeah. It's because it's it's all uh, it all kind of goes back to that in plain sight. It's like they're doing all this weird stuff, and it's like there for you to see. But it's like whether you, whether you're just gonna be in that mindset of like, oh okay, yeah, a bit weird, whatever, or are you gonna look into that and go like, what the hell is going on? What's the message behind this? Like what? dark practices are actually taking place here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and to go a bit deeper, the main character within this opera is called Lucas. And Lucas, when you go to the etymology of the word, means bringer of light. Which is strange, you know, okay, there maybe it's just a coincidence, but the main character in their weird demonic video is called Lucas, the bringer of light which in other words traces back to Lucifer. So let's get away from all the speculation and get into what CERN really says. So during a press briefing, Sergio Bertolucci, director of, for research and scientific computing at CERN said this, the Large Hadron Collider could open a doorway to an extra dimension and out of this door might come something or we might send something through it. 
So right there, in plain sight, they've stated their, in, their desires, their hope, their intention for this. And I think that they really want to open up the dimensional rift in the fabric of time and space and hoping that the collisions will punction, puncture the fabric of our four-dimensional confine and, you know, peek through the keyhole, as they say, into another dimension and universe. And, you know, I, I feel like humanity, you know, as we're moving into spacefaring age, is going to be playing a lot with this, you know. We can't travel feasibly through the universe even at the speed of light. We need another form of travel. And that is through, you know, tunneling through the fabric of time and space itself. But the thing is, you know, are we going to be those people who are ripping open black holes into the fabric of our universe, creating probably incredible damage to the fabric of time and space? Or are we going to be the ones who evolve and learn how to traverse through our own consciousness through the folds of fabric and space. There's a very different thing. So there's no question here that there actually hope to open a dimensional doorway. And the real question that is being posed is what is that something that may come through? You know? Mm -hmm. And it reminds brings me back to Stranger Things again. God, yeah. You know, they in Stranger Things they're in the second season there, the, there are these Russian scientists that are, you know, using these laser things to open up this gateway into the upside down, which is this, you know, w world on on the other side. Yeah, even like if you think there's quite a few things that sort of tell that story in movies, like if you think in Lost, you know, with the giant magnet in mm -hmm. the hatch. And like how that whole island is like basically a big experiment for the Dharma Initiative. Yeah. And they're doing them those similar kind of experiments where it's like that, like the world. Remember, like, uh, you know, he was saying like I forgot his name, but the Scottish guy that the world is gonna um, end if I don't press this button. Like that whole idea mm -hmm. is. I don't know, it's, it's out there in the realm of consciousness and it's it really is happening. Like, if you look at companies like CERN. Yeah, and, you know, if you, you know, you can say what you want about Marvel movies, but they are exploring a lot of the multiverse yeah, now right? through different movies. In Spider-Man, the multiverse Spider-Man, they there's this big bad guy called Kingpin and he has this Hadron Collider that he built in the subway of New York through the old subway systems and he's trying to open up a rift in a dimension so he can be reunited with his family who, you know, live in another dimension. And what happens when he rips open this hole is that it, it creates these, you know, this event where all of a sudden these dimensions are crashing and colliding into one another. And it creates all sort of, you know, destruction and like, oh, you know, you can't, you know, but yeah, there's this, this is symbology in movies and shows all over the place. Mm -hmm. And what I see in, you know, fiction, fantasy fiction, sci-fi, is that a lot of the time they are warnings or, 
you know, premonitions or kind of they're trying to, you know, introduce these ideas to the public and the mainstream through movies. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, for the scientists who are working there, you know, they're just saying, oh, we just, you know, it's just new particles that are going to come through. You know, we just yeah, wasn't want... Wasn't there something, like, I remember CERN was, like, talk, doing some kind of experiment on the God particle, is that right? Yeah, so that was, so that was the thing they were trying to find. I'm think, I think what they were really trying to find was the Higgs boson, which, like, you know, kind of proved a specific scientific theory around, um, you know, the creations of the universe. Mm. And I think the God particle is really just like one of the fundamental particles that, you know, makes up our universe. Okay. So that, and I think that was the Higgs boson, um, which they proved to exist. Um, and so, you know, the scientists are just saying, oh, you know, it's about new particles coming through from this dimension. But, um, and, you know, there's no doubt that the vast majority of the scientists that are working there are really believing this, you know. It's, but the problem is, like, scientists are just soldiers for the people who are hiring them. You know, scientists are tools in the hands of their benefactors, of their sponsors. You know, they just carry out the research that they're told to do. And a lot of the times when scientists start to question things or start to, you know, discover things that maybe they weren't supposed to see, they start to go missing, you know, or they are discredited or they're wiped, you know, their no, you know, their careers are ruined because, you know, it's really the people up top who are funding everything. What is their intention? Not the scientists working there. Um, so this kind of goes back to what are the elite thinking and the conspiracy theory is that they're trying to make contact with beings, entities on the other side of the veil, the other side of this veil that they're trying to tear open. What is on the, what is on the other side of this dimension? Um, you know, what happens if they tear a hole into the, into the realms of our world? There, you know, there's probably a reason why there's a veil and a fabric in time and space to separate us from that, you know? We're not meant to be, you know, have this bridge between our worlds because who knows what's on the other side? Um, you know, CERN right now is testing antimatter. They've managed to you know, find and contain antimatter for a certain amount of time. And for people who don't know what antimatter is, it's basically the inverse of all of our matter now. So if something is positively charged on this side of the universe, it will be negatively charged on the other side of the, you know, on in antimatter. So it's basically antimatter is just the reverse mirror image of matter. And what happens when antimatter collides Make, makes contact with matter, they cancel one another out, destroying each other and creating a huge explosion of energy. So if, you know, and as we'll see that they're actually, you know, antimatter weapons are an extreme possibility that could happen because a quarter gram of antimatter would set off an explosion equivalent to five kilotons of TNT. 
kilotons. You know, that's a thousand times more heavy than a ton. And, you know, that's heavy. That's a lot of TNT. Um, and, that's, and that's only a quarter gram of antimatter. So, you know, they could create some sort of weapon with this. Um, and they're already testing it. They already have images and um, are working with antimatter. The thing is that antimatter can't survive long in our material universe, but they've contained them in these little things, but they degrade really quickly. So right now, research is really, I mean, at least what they're releasing to the public is it's quite like in their, its infancy. But if they did find a way to, you know, produce these and contain them, they could make atomic level explosions, you know, without a nuclear fallout. So really super weapons. Um, and so one last thing, one weird obscure thing that's also in the CERN Hadron Collider is that these were t photos were taken by um, some Portuguese students who had, were allowed in to CERN because they were scientists, becoming scientists. Uh, and there are greetings and invocations written in different ancient languages on these clear, transparent um, kind of glass things. And they're just greetings and invocations. Like, why are they there? And they're in these old ancient languages, like ancient Hebrew and ancient Sanskrit, ancient like Chinese, like they're not in modern languages. Mm. The only people who would know these languages are scholars. But these languages are also all share a common thread is that in their myth, in their history, they were all referred to as the language of the gods. So, you know, there might be something there. Um, so... Yeah, the main theory is that they're trying to make contact with deities or beings of another world. So just coming to the end of this now, um, I'm just going to go through a small list of, like I said in the beginning, of um, possible concerns relating to the activities of CERN made by scientists. So through done through mathematical formulas and everything like that. So perhaps the greatest fear amongst physicists concerning the Large Hadron Collider is that it might contain, it might create, sorry, uncontainable miniature black holes that could descend to the core of the planet and devour it within. Mm. Yeah, so, you know, one, you know, major concern amongst many physicists is that we, our planet could be devoured from within by many black holes. It's terrifying, <laughs> really, like, and, yeah, just seems so like stupid yeah it reminds me is like curiosity killed the cat you yeah. know it's like there's so many other things you could be pouring money and attention into and this has the you know the dangers and fallouts like of no other you know yeah um and it's like to get what like, like yeah. what is it so great that it's worth that risk like yeah. that you're gonna achieve like I don't even see the purpose of this like it's so dangerous it's not like it could ever be I, I don't know like honestly I yeah and it, the thing is if you spent like 
you know, the money and time into training people to meditate and find the secrets within. You know, there's so many ancient texts and, you know, about yogis speaking about these concepts, you know, interdimensional, multiverse concepts in, you know, in their own language of the time, of course. But they're experiencing these things and... You know, imagine what we, you know, could accomplish with people who are, you know, doing that instead of trying to build these giant machines and rip holes in the fabric of space and time. So another concern is antimatter weapons, like I talked about before, so I won't go into it again. Um, another one is particle beam weapons. So a directed beam of high energy subatomic particles, like the ones they produce at the Large Hadron Collider are capable of obliterating matter at a molecular level. So we're talking about lasers that destroy matter. You know, they're not just burning holes in things. They're literally destroying the makeup of the atoms that surround reality. Like that's the destruction that they're doing, you know, crazy. Mm. Um, so another big one is time distortion and stargates. So it has been suggested that by colliding heavier subatomic particles such as lead ions, which CERN has actually stated that they will be doing soon, space and time could be distorted, creating what Einstein called a Rosenbridge or a Stargate, which is a wormhole between two different locations, dimensions or periods of time. It could also lead to what has been called the Groundhog Day effect, where time folds back on itself, allowing manipulation of the past. And we probably all watched the Groundhog Day movie. Yeah, I hate that movie. Where he gets stuck repeating the same yeah. day over and over again. Um, you know, and this could also create that Mandela effect where we shift timelines, you know, and things are just slightly different, you know, than we remember. Yeah, well, that would be horrible. Imagine if it was like Groundhog Day. That would be so horrible, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right. Another danger is the DNA sequencing and artificial synthesis. So colliders in Berkeley and California have have actually managed to sequence human DNA. And there's evidence to suggest that artificial humans or human hybrid gen genomes have already been synth synthesized at collider facilities, including CERN. So hybrid beings. We're creating art, you know, artificially synthesized genetics, you know, makes me think of the greys, like hybrids. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's a big danger is trying to hybridize ourselves and play God with our genetics. You know, we're not God. We don't see everything. We don't, you know, our genetics were made in a very specific way. And if we start to tamper with that, you know, it's going to deviate our timeline in a negative way. And that's what all these races represent when we speak about like UFO ufology and the different, you know, alien world, you know, with the reptilians and the greys and all these different deviate, you know. Yeah, um, but it wasn't that like the issue with the Seders, like they like cloned out their own uh, reproductive system. So they can't <laughs> apparently... That's what they say humans used to be. So they, they say yeah. greys are humans that went down a negative timeline where they tried playing with their genetics. And same with reptilians as well. Um, 
that they were once humans. Um, that's why they appear in these almost humanoid-like shapes because you know they're similar to us but different. And when we look at them, we would see some, we'd see a, you know, we get scared because they're, you know, they actually were once us, but they went down some negative timeline where they started playing with genetics. Yeah, and I think like it holds some kind of weight this whole theory because there's not just hundreds but like tens of thousands of claims of abductees like people being abducted and and always and for for years you know like before internet um you know there were so many claims of this and it was all around the like uh, reproductive like uh our reproductive system you know like people being abducted by gray zeta looking beings and this is like before internet and i don't know i just feel like there is something to that it's not like it's like people seeing it in a popular online blog and like oh yeah i'm gonna pretend that happened to me too you know Mm. all over the globe as well so yeah do you feel like there is something to it? And, and this like, hybrid story of, you know, creating like these hybrid humans has also been around for a long time. Yeah. All right. Another thing is this strangelets. So this is the last kind of, you know, worry or concern or fear is that produced from a quark gluon plasma soup, sometimes generated after high energy particle collisions, which is what's going on at CERN. Strangelets are the most explosive substance in the known universe, and according to theoretical physics, were responsible for the explosion of the so-called Big Bang at the beginning of our, you know, universe. Or who knows if it was the beginning of the universe. It might have been the destruction of the old universe and the birthing of a new, you know? We might just... This all time might all lead up to CERN <laughs> creating a black hole and then we start all over again. God. And that, that big explosion that happened here is actually the big bang at the start of the universe. <laughs> so, you know, there used to be a theoretical thing, strangelets, but they have now been proving, proven, sorry, and they are attempting to produce and contain strangelets. Why? <laughs> like, why, why, why? Yeah. That everything you said is... That's just my response is why? I know, like, what are the benefits? Like, like they're actually demonic. These scientists, like, what? Like, pure evil. Like, yeah. no, no one with any sense of compassion or, like, love in their heart for our people and our planet would, like, ever, ever consider this bullshit. Yeah. It's, it's not a necessary thing to explore. You know, looking at our world right now, there, we do not need ever no. to be exploring these things. What level of brainwashing is happening to these scientists? Like, what the fuck? They're probably like not even really people. I don't <laughs> know. Like, I don't know what the answer is. You know, I'm, I'm sure they're all people. But like I said before, is like, you know, science kind of becomes like a religion where... How do you go that dark, though, babe? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, you know, just to put the icing on the cake, China is now preparing a super collider twice the size of CERN. Awesome. So, you know, this also promotes fears of a super collider arms race because, 
you know, maybe China's seen, oh, there is potential here. Let's dive into it twice the size of CERN, you know? So we're amplifying those initial things like, you know, a lot more like 100,000 times the magnetic field of the earth. Now it's going to be 200,000 times. What's that going to do? Um, and, you know, what, you know, what we really see is like in ancient times, we had stone circles that manipulated the, you know, electromagnetic fields of the earth in, you know, in measurable but small quantities. And, you know, all the ancient mythology was that these big stone circles opened up natural portals and doorways. So when we look at CERN, we see another megalithic monument, except it's the megalithic monument of the future. And they are giant circles as well. You, you can't, you know, you can't deny the parallels. And what they're trying to do is open up portals and wormholes. You know, we're, but here is, you know, I think they don't have a lot of the knowledge and it really seems nefarious in terms of the dangers that could be posed here. It's very different from placing a bunch of giant stones in a circle than it is creating these, this huge electromagnetic conductor that's actually upsetting the balance of the earth. That's creating artificial weather patterns, you know, and you know, a hundred thousand times the magnetic field of the earth, you know, that, that is not a big, dis that's a big displacement. And the balance of things is so, you know, it's like walking on a tightrope. If you just change the degree of our planet by a little bit, we'll be, you know, surrounded in flood by floods and, you know, cataclysm. Mm. It's really just a microscopic shift and you can completely upset the balance of the world and the universe. So, it's like literally when you look at it from that perspective like we're living in the garden of eden you know it's beautiful here it's perfect it's built to perfection for us to live here so why the hell is like are there so many freaking lunatics out here just trying to create the like cern and nuclear weapons and it's just insane. So, yeah, I mean... So, so backwards. So the supreme hidden purpose of this conspiracy is that there is a dark elite group, you know, part of an occult group, which most of the elites are part of, like either Freemasons or Golden Dawn members, or, you know, it's part of some sort of secret organization um, that actually uses occult knowledge when you look at all the, you know big world leaders and even in CERN you have these these symbologies like there's a black sun which you know we might have an entire episode on the black sun and mm -hmm. what that means what that symbol means um which does relate to antimatter and the you know it's the opposition of our world it relates um, to lots of stuff the nazis yeah and you know nazis they Inner were Earth. they were you know hitler was very much into all these esoteric and occult um, knowledge and world leaders throughout like if you've ever you know the fact that mo a lot of presidents were freemasons and that in freemason lodges and orders they cre they go and undergo these rituals and these ceremonies that are very esoteric um, 
So, you know, there and just the fact that we have this like eye and a pyramid on the US dollars and things like that, it's there. It's hidden and right in plain mm. sight that all these people are part of something. And, you know, there's a brotherhood, a dark brotherhood, and all these men, these people at the top are part of it. And so the the biggest part of this conspiracy is that they intend to use CERN as the key to open the gateway to another world possibly hell possibly the underworld or what we call that this other dimension because I, I believe realm the realm of hell is just an astral place a place that exists in some sort of astral density or dimension and that you know to release what has been imprisoned there um, and it's like they want to restore a golden age, not their golden age, an age ruled by, you know, the Anunnaki or, you know, these gods that are deities that once walked the earth. Um, so, uh, you know, and even just creating a hybrid race, you know, that could be a potential just because of some of the stuff that they're doing with the genome sequence and everything like that. So you wonder why all these like you you've been hearing I don't know if everyone has but I've been becoming well aware of the big like boom in the super rich buying bunkers. Yeah. Is this Doomsday something bunkers. you know like is this something though you know more deep is this something they know to do with CERN to do with like the experiments going on like if the planet is on its surface level going to be completely destroyed. Yeah, and you'd think the real estate market for doomsday bunkers wouldn't be that thriving, but all companies who are currently making doomsday bunkers say that they can't make them fast enough no. because all of them are getting bought and seized up by these, <laughs> these billionaires, billionaires that are rich enough to afford them. Mm. So strange. Um, do they know something that we don't? Definitely. So, final closing statement on CERN. By breaking the subatomic bond of matter and casting away the cores that hold the material world together, mankind will willingly tear the veil that has been established for our own protection and unleash a darkness and chaos that the earth has not seen for many ages. God. Yeah, I hope this didn't bum anyone out. Hopefully the aliens come in and intervene like they did with like some of those nuclear missiles and stuff. Like, yeah. Jeez. It's, it, it's very esoteric in the fact, you know, that if we speak in like ancient language, opening the forbidden gates to usher in you know, they'd said it in their own words. We are going to, we might open up a portal to a different dimension and something might come through. That is the words of modern day. But if we go back to like these ancient texts, you know, where it, you know, people have been stopped from opening the forbidden gates, you know, mm. and you know, piercing the veil, staring through the keyhole into the other world. That is what's tr what's happening right now. And we have this giant Hadron Collider, this circle, this eye that they're trying to crash open and rip open so that they can see what is on the other side. But the dangers of that 
might be catastrophic. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a dark topic and definitely um, something worth knowing about and just having that awareness of because I feel like you know bringing more conscious awareness to this kind of stuff could definitely shift their ability like how much our conscious consciousness affects life and matter and you know quantum physics proves that so I feel like the more awareness around this and the more um, we can consciously stand against this idea we can I feel like that's at least doing something. You, you can't, I know that you can't even protest CERN. I don't know if that came up in your research, but... No, they're actually diplomatically immune. So they don't fall under the laws of nations and things like yeah, that. Yeah, and you get removed. Like, there has been people who have tried to... You can't get anywhere close to it. There's been people who have tried to sort of um, chain themselves to it. To Which is interesting because there was that video of that ritual... You know, where there's a video... That was taken from inside the building. Yeah, there's a video in the courtyard of CERN of these people, like, you know, stabbing a woman and CERN, you know, in these dark hoods and CERN says that, you know, it was a prank, but if it's so heavily guarded... It's really heavily guarded. (laughs) And there's crazy security, how would these people get in? You know, they're just... Are they just pranksters? Like, but, you know... Who knows? Maybe this is a public area that people are allowed to go into. So, who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the ritual looked pretty fake on YouTube. I'm pretty skeptical about that, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, you know, if you know, if there's if they're got a huge super collider there, you know, you'd think their security would be pretty tight um, and that they wouldn't allow a bunch of like pranksters into there because the person filming was in the bloody building. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so you've got someone on the inside on the building. Unless it is like an in plain sight thing, you know, yeah. where it's like, by the law of this universe, they say that they have that these elites they have to act, they can't have success in anything they're doing if, unless it there is out and it's in plain sight, you know. Mm. So whether that it was obviously filmed from within the building so maybe they've reconstructed something that's like showing the world look yeah we are doing dark rituals here although that's not an actual filming of a dark ritual but it's a mimicked one Mm. it could literally be that and they'll be like people will just dismiss this so but it still is out there so it works in the law Mm. of uh, the the universe which it has, they have to show us what they're doing. Yeah. Apparently. 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 Apparently so. Wow, that was so deep. Like I feel. <laughs> I should I still go into? Do you want to? Do you still feel like you have the energy to go into your topic? Um. Yeah. Like it's. I guess it's not that long. What do cool. you think? Yeah. Like I'm totally down to jump into that one. Maybe get something a little. Is it dark as well? Um, not really, but it's really like out there. Yeah. Um, so I came across this whole theory of there being forbidden lands. So this is the idea that there's still like continents and lands on this earth that 
we're unaware of that isn't depicted on Google Earth and the maps that we know today. And um, the people who believe in this theory, they pull up a lot of ancient maps. So I have um, these ancient maps, one from 1595 and one from 1606, but there's quite a few different ones out Mm there. And it's really interesting how different they are to the maps we have now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I can zoom in there. Mm. Um, so if you can see here, it's just, I'm just showing Trey basically these maps and you can see they look quite different mm-hmm. to the maps we have now. And there are like, um, even like small countries and stuff that are different. The other thing here is in a lot of these old maps, they have the North Pole as having a black like rock magnet kind mm. of mass in the middle, which now if you try and look on Google Earth at the North Pole, it's all like whited yeah. out. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it really looks like digitally done. Like it doesn't, you know, when you like zoom in on like snow and in other spaces of the earth. Yeah. You can get details, you know, see, um, but it's just, it looks whited out on Google Earth. Mm-hmm. And, and there's also like, What's interesting in, in these old maps is that they show in places now that they that we're told is just sort of barren and there's not a, not like a lot going on. Like in Greenland, for example, on this map, it's it's green and it's full of um, vibrant cities and stuff like many cities and um, something that was quite interesting that came up in my research is um, there's this area it's in the like southeast of greenland on the map and in quite a few different maps like and um, drawn up around this time i wonder if i can get close to it i haven't got high like a good enough copy of this yeah Im- image but basically there's like a city, and this isn't drawn in like the 15, six, I think this one was 1606 actually. And um, there's this free, like, uh, giant, like, sky rise buildings mm-hmm. drawn, like, on the map, you know, like little square buildings, two the same size and one bigger next to a castle. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we didn't have those back then apparently and now like even when you look at this area of the map on greenland on google maps this area exactly where these sky rises and castle is drawn on greenland it's completely um iced off (laughs) like in the same way the north pole is like you can't you can't zoom in on it you can't see anything but apparently there it was like drawn in these old maps as this big city with like stuff going on there interesting you know? um so the reason i sort of come up 
like <laughs> into this whole forbidden land or unknown lands was because of um, there's a few people out there right now who believe that you can convert the picture of the moon like you know the, an image of the moon into a map of our world or as these people call it our realm so there's people who have actually like mapped out and this is because they believe that the moon is just reflecting as in it's made of plasma this is what Mm -hmm. these people believe um so it's like a you just have to reverse image like the moon and you can kind of see that these people are able to show that it's it does sort of look like you know a version of our world but in this there is um extra continents so it's so like basically they're taking like these imprints that are on the surface of the moon these kind of like shadowy depressions Mm -hmm. in the moon and they've kind of like inverted the image and made those imprints like clearer so that it forms shapes and they actually those shapes reflect kind of the continents that we have and then you can see that there's these extra ones and they they they're calling this big extra one um terra vista which is huge like like bigger than all the other continents combined yeah it's insane and and what's interesting about this is like i don't know if you've ever heard of um a project called project high jump have you no never okay so um let me but basically um this was a project that was taken place in the 1960s i believe and let me just find my notes um So an American naval officer and explorer, Richard E. Byrd, uh, he claimed that after his return or retreat from a large-scale mission of Antarctica called Operation High Jump, where his team um, fought off high-tech aircraft suspected to be connected to the Nazis or possibly aliens. So I thought you might have heard about this. Oh, yeah. I I just didn't know the name of it. Yeah, it really sort of... um, was like what set off the whole inner earth Mm. in Antarctica thing, you know. There's something going on there, you can't fly over it. And he came back and he said that there was a large continent there, bigger than the Americas or as big as the Americas. And I have like a clip of him talking about this when he came back. Our guest tonight found out whether there was any land north of the North American continent. He made that first discovery flight, and I must say that Admiral Byrd, our guest tonight, is not only our greatest living explorer, but he's been an inspiration to countless Americans. Admiral Byrd, you've been to both the North Pole and the South Pole. Is there any unexplored land left on this earth 
that might appeal to adventurous young Americans? Uh, yes, there is. And not up around the North Pole, because it's getting crowded up there now, because they find out it's really usable, not only to live in, but militarily. But strangely enough, there's left in the world today an area as big as the United States that's never been seen by a human being. And that's beyond the pole on the other side of the South Pole from middle America. And it's, uh, I think it's quite astonishing that there should be an area as big as that unexplored. That's a tremendous So challenge. there's a lot of adventure left mm. down at the bottom of the world. Okay, so, yeah, basically he came back and he was talking. He saw a glimpse of this beyond the South Pole. So um, he was actually, he did die of a suspicious death. Of course, he died in his sleep at 68, um, you know, with no real cause of death. And he was trying to speak about, you know, us actually exploring this, exploring what's going on in Antarctica. And there's obviously people that don't want us to explore that. And mm. could it be the discovery of forbidden lands? You know, something going on that discovering lands, you know, beyond what we know already. And I just wanted to show one more clip which was about the moon being plasma. And this was from a scientist um, who claimed in, again, in the 60s. So there's a lot going on. He was called Among Our Foster. And um, yeah, I'll show the clip now of him. No, I um, consider myself to be an ordinary, humble person who wants to serve mankind with what we, man has striven for from the beginning of consciousness with truth and understanding of the world. Well, now, one thing, you have a theory about the moon, and we expect to be able to get observable facts about the moon fairly soon. Um, what is your theory? Well, uh, it is by now rather more than a theory. Uh, 10 or 11 years ago, I stated to various scientists that the moon is not a piece of rock, but it is uh, plasma plasma phenomena, cosmic plasma, uh, and that this fact will eventually be confirmed. I made certain predictions which were already confirmed in 1958, and the situation now is coming close to a complete confirmation. What will be the result if you are proved to be correct in your theories? The result will be uh, profound and decisive because it will give proof that a complete reinvestigation re of the laws of nature is necessary. Because if the moon is a plasma, no man will ever land on it. The soft landing attempts will all fail. That means that the mass of the moon is less, far less, than is currently assumed. It's in a different state of energy, and it has far less mass. That means there is no more explanation for the tides. If the moon, for example, had only a thousandth part of its current mass, then the tides would only be two inches high, and the conventional theories instead of sometimes 14 feet. And that means that if it is proved that the moon is a plasma, then all gravitational theories are out, and the new concept of the cosmos and of its laws has to be evolved. Aren't you being a bit adventurous, though, because uh, you know that we're going to be able to test out your theories on the moon fairly soon? Well, not anymore. Eleven years ago, uh, of course, uh, it was rather taking a risk. I was considered a lunatic, of course. But by now, the evidence 
accumulated evidence is already so much in my favor that I'm not taking any risks anymore. On the contrary, uh, there is scientific views expressed all over the world now that uh, the moon seems to be of a quite different nature of what was assumed. But and the, the Americans and Russians are thinking of landing men on it. Uh, well, that will never happen. Not on the moon. On Mars, on Venus, on other planets, yes. But the moon is definitely, as I assert, a plasma. Very interesting. Yeah, so I do feel like it's such an out there subject and it was really hard for me to research anything much on this whole concept and theory of these forbidden lands. And But it does like excite me. So whether I know or not, if I believe it, you know, it does come from really out there kind of thinkers um, with especially with the mirror of the moon and the recreation of the map of the world and our realm but you know it it's interesting and it's thought provoking and it's exciting to me to think that wow like what if beyond antarctica there really is a whole mm. other continent there it really is undiscovered lands or or god knows what is going on beyond those lands and um like I didn't have time to really do the research because it was really hard to do it in English but like the Vedics um, had a whole belief system and concept around uh, this kind of theory of um, there being lands beyond what we know here Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of that no but it was the called it's this is the the idea um so it's like barata is i think where we are and it's like this idea of you can um there is lands beyond that basically you know it's quite out there but this is like stuff that they were writing about you know thousands of years ago so Um, you know, I, I don't know how you can take that stuff. I, I don't know how I f- if I believe any of this stuff, but I just really wanted to talk about that idea because, you know, you have, you know, um, Project High Jump is a lot of people um, base their whole inner earth theories off that and mm. um, the fact that all these people went there and they couldn't get there and you can't, you can't fly over the uh, even I don't think you you can fly over the North Pole either um, but there's like certain parts that are so uh, protected and you're not allowed to go there there are no fly zones and there I just have you know a bit of suspicion around that and I like the the idea and the theory of there being these uh, hidden lands yeah well I mean it's it's you know, it's true that, you know, the people who kind of run Google Earth and all those things purposefully obfuscate certain, like, areas, like Area 51 or certain military bases and certain parts of the Earth. You know, they, it's a digital recreation that they've made. So, you know, there's bound to be some things that are hidden, you know, and taken out and... You, you know, unless you explore the entire world for yourself, you don't really know what's there. 
Um, That's what I mean. Now we are being told about these maps and even how um, like modern maps are still drawn in the the axis of um, Cancer Capricorn when they should now be being drawn in Pisces Virgo, which we're currently in. Is there's something? There's some kind of like manipulation going on with maps. Like I really do believe that aspect of this theory mm-hmm. um especially when you're looking at these old maps and yeah and there's lots of different theories about like the moon too about it not being what it seems there's people you know they've actually sent like like um what's it called like frequency towards the moon and had it returned with like having it have a hollow inside the moon um so i don't know this guy seemed pretty convinced you know he was he's done a lot of research and he seemed pretty convinced that the moon was different from a lot of the other planets that it was in a state of plasma which is you know they call it the fourth state of matter it's a very different form of energy and and it would explain the mirror image that is creating of the earth yeah definitely i'm not sure like the this the fundamentals of how plasma works but yeah who knows like what that could be but he was like saying the whole laws of gravity gravity and everything should would should be uh redefined and everything that no one would ever land on the moon so you know if his claims are true then that you know it just kind of adds more theory to the conspiracy that the moon landings were fake and everything like that as yeah well. It does. And I just think that's all I've really got on this subject. So I will leave it there. But I just think it's an interesting thing like that maybe people do want to start looking into that if it interests them. And But Mike, I'm curious, like, why would they hide the fact that the moon's made out of plasma? Is it to like, so that because they already faked a moon landing, so they can't like, but then it's like, okay, there's many other countries that would test that, right? And so why why isn't information coming out about the fact Because maybe then there is something to that. Like, if you knew that, then Mm. maybe you would know maybe this realm is a lot bigger than we're told. Maybe Mm. these maps aren't correct, you know? Um, It is really interesting that the mirror, reverse mirror image of the moon literally does show the outlines of uh, the continents as we know them plus others yeah that is very interesting and really it's like um when you're here you know you can just see okay the land is just there it is ahead of me you don't really know we're like what the world is as a whole do we? Because unless we go up ourselves, we're just relying on what we're being told, which we've already learned is very coerced and controlled, right? Mm-hmm. What we're told to believe, what we're allowed to know. There's a long history of, of our history being destroyed. These wars have destroyed so much of our history. As you were saying to me earlier, the Christians burnt so much of our history. We we don't know a lot 
we just have to go by majority of what we have to go by is what we we're being told by people in power now um and there's so many cases of um, intelligent people who speak up about um a different idea a different concept we we covered that a lot in our free energy episode and these people being silenced and suicided and um you see if you kind of step out and you want to show a different idea a different theory you're this is why the whole conspiracy theory came along because it's like okay now we've got somewhere we can just chuck these new ideas into and call it crazy and the majority of the people are just going to go along with that instead of actually exploring this these concepts and these ideas for themselves you just have to always remember that we are just being told what to believe this and um i don't know i think a lot of the best thing we can do is explore within but we can also like trey said at the beginning of this episode is is remain open and in a space of of searching for new theories new ideas and beyond what we're being told right yeah and we you know we ultimately just want to kind of you know shift up the polarity of belief like i know that at one point in my life i was like whoa cern's doing this cool you know yeah and that's i didn't think twice about it you know because i was in that point in my life where i wasn't really questioning anything and you know just just to have a different perspective to hear something else you know you might not believe that perspective, but it might cause you to think, to start questioning things, to start investigating for yourself. And, you know, it might not even be about the topics we discuss, but it might lead you on a whole rabbit hole trail down a, a different route of knowing of, you know, a different route of exploration and finding possible differences because there was a time when the multiverse theory was considered wacky and crazy, and now it's pretty much accepted um, on in many different scientific communities. And just so you know, where you know there was times where people were hung for thinking the world was a sphere, you know, instead of being flat. And now the opposite, you know, it's yeah. so people are being ridiculed for thinking or believe in it's flat so there's there's these extremes but it's like why do we need to hold such extremes and and you'll find yourself in these places in your life as well where um you can be so like against something and then like years later you might find yourself on the other end of it and just like seeing it in a whole different way a good example for me would be like Man, when I was younger, I was like, and I heard about veganism, I thought it was like ridiculous and um, absurd. Like, you can't survive like without those foods, those animal products. Because how I'd been raised and, and how culture and society had led me to believe that you needed animal products to, that was what food was, right? And, um, I really had like, oh God, like a, you just die if you were vegan. Like I literally had that belief. Mm. 
and then like look at me now I'm eight years plus vegan and I have completely turned around on that whole idea and and it came from me personally stepping away from the mainstream narrative and being and being told what to believe and going okay well I want to try and see if there's another way around believing it through my love of animals I wanted to really see like can I can I not harm animals and survive and I found a way you know like and I stepped into a whole new reality um and yeah it's the power of belief man just be careful like just being more and I'm always working on that like constantly like trying to be more open-minded because you can get so dogmatic in in your beliefs you know myself I'm I'm the worst at it sometimes but I think it's a really good practice for us to explore things that maybe you're just even you're like no way is that real you know there's proof I I know well maybe if that's creating such a strong reaction we can look into it more and you know it's not about changing our beliefs but it's about exploring alternatives right and exploring different ideas and theories and the, the second you get into true nature of the cosmos and of the universe you find that your beliefs hold you to a reality Mm. and your beliefs are just that there are certain thought structures that you have chosen to label as real as reality to yourself but when you look at the actual inner workings of the cosmos nothing is really set in stone nothing is everything is just a field of potential and really getting our brains getting our minds into that state tuning into the state the natural state of the universe which is open which is undefined then we start to begin to understand it a little better yeah really well said and i think it goes towards what excites you you know what like lights you up a bit like that that's for me it was like what what's this like uh a new map like new possible realms you know <laughs> so yeah. it, i wanted to check that out I, I like that idea um it's not about going down some dark tunnel of of stuff that that just doesn't make you feel good but you can also um search stuff that you know like okay there's theories around this and that's kind of exciting that i know it's a, a long shot from what I've been told and what I currently believe, but there's people coming out with like stuff that really backs up certain theories. Like for example, these um, scientists and that uh, you know navy guy. These people you can find like stuff that can really get you excited about something, can make you you start to believe it more. And yeah, and I would love to do an episode on inner earth. Because we kind of always hint to that in a lot of our episodes. Yeah, and I would too. I'd love to do an episode. There's so many out there theories, but it's like, why not explore the, all of them? It doesn't yeah. have to just be uh, what we're told to believe. Yeah, and like even when you think about Flat Earth, which I 
don't believe I, I think we're in a three-dimensional universe, but even when you begin to think about it, there are theories within the scientific community that we actually exist within a two-dimensional plane mm. and we are what we see and what we exist in is a projection of that two-dimensional plane into the three-dimensional space, like kind of like a projector, like a hologram. So we're actually in a holographic universe. Um, and they've also, scientists have come out, they've said that... Um you know that about the universe the universe is flat have you heard that mm. which is like hard to get your head around but it is more in the sense of it it doesn't come it's it doesn't come back around you know it doesn't it is flat because it keeps on going it doesn't come back around on itself yeah well and if we exist in a holographic universe within a two-dimensional realm like the thing is there's so many theories and it's just like okay wow so if we are in a 2d realm then technically the earth is flat you know but then we're being projected into a third dimensional reality and you know um who knows beyond that um into like the different dimensions above us but it's just all like concepts to start shifting the worldview and opening to different possibilities yeah and it's not really about holding any beliefs um you know so solid to your core because i think that defeats the purpose it's really and it's not about you know flipping from one spectrum to another and you know changing your beliefs but it's just about kind of remaining open and seeing okay this is where the world is this is what people are telling me this is okay this is what i'm seeing from other lenses like what and truly just trying to navigate to find a truth that resonates within you um and that compass is your heart and will kind of guide you to the things that feel most true to you and you know we are living each uniquely within our own realities um and it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you're being true to your heart and yourself and that's really what we want to do here and we aim to do here on it's a sign is we just want to explore theories and and ideas and stuff that um, sparks interest in us and we enjoy talking about and bringing awareness to and however you know um, you know important they will be in our world or whether they're completely out there but just fascinating to us we really just want to have fun and touch on those things and hope that it brings some kind of joy or resonance to you but it, it's not about us um, always having to align and and fully believe in stuff because that's what's so fun about a podcast like this is that you're opening yourself up to many different theories and um, you know and even when it comes to exploring our inner realms uh, this is you know it's out there stuff and there's not always solid proof behind this but it's this is what we want to talk about this is what we enjoy and we just hope that um yeah people resonate with this and it's not go away from this and be angry at CERN it's like go away from this and just have this whole new awareness about what these guys are doing right and and knowing that you still want to stand strong in um 
in your beliefs and your heart and your love and I still think that's the most important thing right well definitely yeah the biggest thing with CERN is like and just all scientific community is like why are you studying this and what benefit does it have you know instead of you know things might be really cool like you know artificial intelligence might get to a really cool stage or technology you know Elon Musk is saying you can stream music straight to your brain through this chip you know <laughs> like things could be pretty cool but when you ask the question okay how does this benefit me how does this benefit the progress of humanity you know through through a heart and through a compassion through a beautiful way down a beautiful timeline you know that's really what we want to start questioning and okay are we really going to start backing projects like this or and even energetically if we're just backing it energetically that has or you know with a like or with a something on the social on social media it has it makes a difference mm. but let's transition into a quick card pull for today as we reach the end of the episode very quick very very quick so we'll just do it from there okay the black cool. moon we're using the black moon astrology cards black moon eh we were talking about plasma moon yeah <laughs> and we're talking a lot about sort of breaking into wormholes into other realms and space mm. what did you get third house messages in the third house is you know it's um gemini's house it's all about communicating and i think today it's sort of we we're talking about communicating ideas and theories um which are outside the norm right and that aren't necessarily being spoken about cern not everyone's aware of that even though it's the biggest the most expensive project in all of history when do you ever hear anybody really talking about CERN so I do think the third house the house of communication makes total sense for today's podcast mm. and I think for the listener if you're taking this as a message for you to take home this week and work and reflect on is how can you communicate and you, you know better yourself like how can you sort of and it's sort of communicating information as well so it's like if you learn something maybe you can communicate that with your community your family your friends your partner and sort of bring more awareness like expand um expand the awareness around whatever it is you've been learning about because also the third house is a, is sort of communicating what we learn right yeah and just it's also revealing how we think how we speak how we process our information and our reality and by what means we um let that energy come through so it's really i think also on the card there's like ancient hieroglyphics and the eye of horus which is you know the eye of knowledge it, represents the pineal gland and going deeper into reality you know the pineal gland and the third eye is what allows us to pierce the veil of reality without giant machines that could rip off black holes into the fabrics of our reality it allows us to you know think 
and see and go deeper. It's the mind unshackled. And so um, just kind of we're searching for answers and unlocking mysteries through our own mind and the exploration of that. So. Awesome. We hope you enjoyed this episode today, guys. Please, the best thing that you can do to support us is leave a five-star review on whatever app you're using, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, yeah, and that really helps us out. So thank you anyway, and we wish you a magical week. And we'll see you on the other side of the multiverse, where <laughs> on the other timeline which CERN digs us into. Oh yeah. Bye.